eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. right. And lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. A transcend race, hombre. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Welcome to another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. We are incomplete, if you will. My man Jeff Howe is not joining us. He is on a very well-deserved sabbatical, a vacation, and he deserves it. Uh, So he'll be joining us for the next Longhorn Blitz, uh, but we do have the heart and soul of the Longhorn Blitz. Without him, um, it would not be a Longhorn Blitz. Uh, He is the the best statistician I know, but also the estimable analytical mind of Matt Butler. What's going on, brother? Oh, not much, man. Been staying busy with some NBA finals, but looking forward to right now when he hit July and post 4th of July, it sort of really gets realistic that football season's here, you know, it is. Like it's hot. And by the end of the month, there's like a <laughs> Hall of Fame game and then you got p- kids reporting and then you're already into football season. Yeah. Once we get to uh, the, one of those landmark occasions is Big 12 media days and we're approaching Big 12 media days. i to get exactly what the date is, but I believe it's in the next two weeks. You're going to have Big 12 Media Days. We'll get into, actually, that leads us right into the conversation for the week, and we'll branch off into many different directions, as we always do. Uh, but the uh, Big 12 media polls and Big 12 media preseason teams were released uh, as voted on, of course, by the media. Uh, of course, getting ready for Big 12 Media Days, July 14th and 15th. So uh, that's coming up actually um, this week. Big 12 Football Media Day is presented by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Actually, so yeah, so you got that coming up actually July 14th and 15th. We'll get into some of the details about the uh, every school has representation at Big 12 Media Days. Mm-hmm. It usually is four to five players matter. I think like five to six players or something. Uh, this year it's only two players per team yeah. represented at Big 12 Media Days. And a little surprising, actually, about the um, the representation for some of the well, not some of the the two top schools projected uh, by most of the national media and the regional media in terms of where they're 
expected to finish, mm-hmm. Oklahoma and Iowa State decided each not to bring their quarterbacks. Very strange. No Brock Purdy and no Spencer Rattler. Well, I can see Purdy probably. So that means Brees Hall's going to be there. Who would uh, who did Lincoln Riley choose to send instead of Rattler? Uh, J- Jeremiah Hall is one of the uh, guys. Yeah. Um, here, give me a second, and I'll give you the other ones. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I just thought it was strange. A lot of people believe it's pretty strange that they decide not to bring Spencer Rattler. My only um, theory about the Spencer Rattler thing, and I will say that we've we've heard Lincoln Riley say this before going into the. You know the the off season, or at least the preseason, he has stated that even though everybody knows who the quarterback's going to be, mm-hmm. that there is a quarterback competition. He did that with I think he did it with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, in the every off season. year, and he wouldn't point right? it out. And, and he, I like the way he's doing this because he knows it didn't it was that Spencer Rattler's the offensive player of the year, but he's not even sending them. That's very Lincoln Riley esque, almost exactly right. No, yes. I think he's got the best odds to win the Heisman. Yeah, uh, that doesn't surprise I me. Say you go I know look he at was, high yeah, no, odds. He was the highest a few weeks ago. I'll, I'll double check right I now. Be- but yeah, he is. I believe he's got the best odds to win the Heisman. Yes. And yet Lincoln Riley's like, no, nah, I'm not taking this guy. Okay, here's the here's uh, Oklahoma's representatives at Big 12 Media Day. It's gonna be Jeremiah Hall and Nick Benito. Nick Benito. Nick Benito. A uh, lot of people. Seniority. Have the best, one of the best, guys. Yeah, one of the better mm-hmm. defensive players in the country, Nick Benito. But uh, yeah, so. That's the two players, but no Spencer Rattler. And my theory is, you know, going along with what we know from Lincoln Riley, like you said, he mm-hmm. did it with Jalen Hurts. I I want to say, uh, I wonder if Kyler Murray got some of that treatment. I, yeah, I'm not, I think he did. If I'm not mistaken, I want to say that it's always a joke, almost a running joke now, mm-hmm. that Lincoln Riley will say, "Oh no, it's a quarterback competition. We're just, you know." It's it's open right now. We don't know who the quarterback's gonna be, and everybody's looking at each other like, "Are you is this guy serious?" And I don't want to just totally like. I mean, we're in media, so I'm not crapping and on maybe media. He is serious. But the idea that like he knows that this is just sort of fluffy stuff. You go up there and speak, and then like you want to send like uh, maybe a guy that's you know the locker room earned guy, the the se- more Jeremiah senior Hall, the tight end slash H-back. exactly, and send a guy that's gonna go and answer all the questions the way that your organization or your or university would want it be represented. Not to say Spencer Rattler wouldn't do a good job, but your young, flashier quarterback that, like, even you benched during the Texas OU game this past year may not be the perfect guy to represent everything that the way that they want to answer soundbite that comes from, say, a, a, a veteran leader that's that hardworking, gritty, tight end guy the media is going to love. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think there is a – and maybe that's Lincoln Rowley's – Psychology, right? Maybe that's the thought process and not behind to pump up a every Spencer year. Rattler. Yeah, well, all of his quarterbacks, yeah, right? Like exactly. Going back to Jenner, he's like, no, no, no. These guys are going to get enough pub. They're going to mm-hmm. get enough attention. They're going to be great in my offense. They're probably going to be, based on the odds, a Heisman finalist. And then send right? the glory. So they'll, yeah, yeah, they'll get all their love. Let's let's so let's get the premature. They'll get the premature hype. Well, because because a premature hype train. You just brought up the fact that Spencer Rattler had to be benched in the Texas game because he was being basically careless with the football, yeah. irresponsible with the football. That was a maturity moment for him. Mm-hmm. He got benched in one of, if not the biggest game of the year, and against their rival. And he, the humility had to set in. He had to sit there and watch it. They had to fake like it was some injury they were looking at. And then from then on, he started playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and now he is 
favorite to win the Heisman in the preseason. And I think Lincoln Riley, just based on the psychology, because this guy knows quarterbacks very well, one yep. of the best quarterback gurus in the game. And I think he understands this quarterback, Spencer Rattler, as you've talked about. You know, you go watch that. Is it, oh, man, is it QBU? What is the reality so. TV yeah, show yeah. that he was on before he officially last- signed with Oklahoma. I'm not good with reality TV. I'm not but I've either. Heard but oh, I, I read some Probably of the reviews the last chance about you. Spencer Rattler on there, and they considered him a bit of an a hole on there. Yeah, like he was very cocky, bright, I don't and arrogant. Remember, do you remember seeing him putting in front of uh, microphones after games this past year very often? I cannot think. I of don't. Him but I don't talking. follow Oklahoma like Me that. Either. So I. But just like saying how normally you get no, to see. Point. I saw Mac Jones. I know in front of a. Uh, yeah. So and he, if you're almost on yeah. that level and you're Oklahoma's guy, I, I even remember seeing JT Daniels up there talking for Georgia. So like I didn't see any of Spencer Adler. So maybe that just fits in there. It's same way. Maybe he's like, yeah. If I this guy's head gets pumped up, and when it does, he's he's plays he plays like an arrogant, careless, irresponsible quarterback. But when he's humble, mm-hmm. he plays within himself, within the offense, and makes good decisions. And he plays like an unselfish quarterback, making the right decisions for himself and for the team. And he did that after he got benched. And I wonder if he just came into that season expecting, like every quarterback before him, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to be a Heisman finalist. It's done. And you know what? Everybody says, I got I got better raw materials uh, and better raw, a raw skill set to work with than Baker, than Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Maybe not than Kyler, but Kyler was a non-traditional skill set. Because he was too set. small. Because he compared. was so small, so he was a non. So in terms of all those guys, he's thinking to himself, uh, right right now, some people are projecting him to be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. And it was Beyond the Lights was the name of the show. Sorry, he Beyond was the on Lights. Back Thank in you the for day. that. But like, that's why he was able yeah. to get so much of a wave in pub. Because like, I remember us as you know following recruiting, everybody was like, well, yeah, now he's finally going to get a five-star in there. And yeah, that's the a guy, guy he that's, recruited. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that's sort of things. the guy that you get. Yeah. So it also, like when since you can use the you know built-in parameters by the Big 12. They only let me send two guys. I had to send, send my two veterans, and then it would be, though, like Mac Brown yeah. sending David Thomas instead of Vince <laughs> Young. You know, like, what, if you did that, I don't know if, that, if the media it's wanted weird, to though. It's quote weird. D-Tom. But, but just a great point. I think you're right about that. He does have the built-in excuse. Uh, Iowa State does not have that same no. – well, we, we're thinking about the same psychology that – Lincoln Riley uses with his quarterbacks to try to keep them humble throughout the you know the process and the development. I don't know if Matt Campbell is maybe Matt Campbell's using that same yeah, type Brock of Purdy. psychology because Brock Purdy did disappoint last year, and maybe the reason he disappointed because all the mock drafts had him. Oh, he's a first round quarterback. Once mm-hmm. he decides to leave, he's going to be a first rounder because he had such an early you know early success as a freshman, and now maybe it's like no 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 we need to keep Brock Purdy humble. Um, maybe that's part that of it. That sounds very Matt Campbell. It does. Right now, Iowa State is bringing Brees Hall. You talked about that, and Greg Eisworth. Greg, the second. Actually. Yeah, he's the second. Well, they yeah. got a handful Junior. of guys that they could bring. I'm surprised they aren't sending I'm, a tight end. Kolar. <laughs> I know with you. I don't know. He's the best tight end in the country. But I guess you can say Brees Hall is the best offense running back and defense. You got to send. I guess very true. is almost how they do it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Texas is sending Bijan Robinson and Keandre Coburn. It's awesome. Bijan already going and. Good tease there. I got some good Bijan numbers later in the show. Um, but the teams that are sending quarterbacks, Oklahoma State sending Spencer Sanders along with Malcolm Rodriguez. K-State <laughs> spending Skylar Thompson, super senior, 
Uh, and then Malcolm Rodriguez seems like a super he senior. Does. Too. He's been around there forever. <laughs> That's a great point. Uh, There's always been a Rodriguez. <laughs> Ger- Gerard McPherson. Uh, yeah, maybe he's got a little brother or something. Yep. We need to think about. Uh, also, uh, looking at quarterbacks, Max Duggan for TCU going along with uh, the DNO. Is it O'Shawn Mathis? I believe is how you pronounce it, but it's spelled with a C. O'Shawn. It's O C H A U N. Ocean. Maybe it's Almost, Ocean. Yeah, maybe. Ooh, I didn't look at the ocean. pronunciation. I don't know. Maybe well, it's Ocean. It. Oh, That's maybe a lot it cooler. Is. Maybe it's Ocean. Ocean. Oh, okay. Ocean. I saw Shaw. But you're right. I was just following scene. your, no, your it letters. Dude, That's I don't know. I'm just trying to sound it out. It's getting tougher and tougher to sound out things because. They don't, man. Well, and then the internet will tell you how it's pronounced, but like on the phonetic phonetic audio ones, it doesn't really do it. Uh, Yeah, I need one of those. Uh, Kansas, Kwame Lasseter uh, II and Kenny Logan Jr. For Baylor, uh, offensive lineman Connor Galvin and the linebacker Terrell Bernard. He's an all-conference type player. He's a good player. Uh, In Texas Tech sending Dawson Deaton and Rico Jeffers and West Virginia sending. Man, West Virginia not sending their quarterback. Uh, Rico sitting. Jeffers seems like one of those guys that's been there forever, too. And yeah. that's where we're going to get— Well, you might be super seniors. you got a lot of that, these, man. And, and that's exactly when uh, we get to these the Big 12 media poll on the amount of teams coming back. The production in this conference that's returning is through the roof. Yeah, I think it's like that. You know what? I, I got have some, every team's I got some stats percentages. on that, actually. Yeah, I got every team's percentages, too. Uh, so Because we, we got the, the, the returning production index, which— Bill, uh, Bill Connolly. Connolly comes up nice. with. Nice, you we'll and I read that. each other's minds. No doubt, the no, exact I'm numbers. With you. Dude, we've been doing the show for a long time together, so. Yeah, if you don't <laughs> follow Bill, just on. do Twitter back, backslash Bill C. That's all you got to do. Follow him if you're a college football fan. You won't regret it. Yeah, uh, so I said, um, yeah, I did say West Virginia, Lady Brown, and Dante Stills, who Dante Stills could be the best defensive lineman in the conference. He's fantastic. Uh, okay, to, to your point, though, about the – um, the experience that's returning. Mm-hmm. I did see a, a great stat about how many offensive lines are returning all five offensive linemen. Ooh, that's a big deal. And it it usually it's a it's a rarity, but this year it's actually something that I think you have as many as forty different offensive lines that are returning all five offensive linemen, a few in the Big 12, actually. Um, and usually that number's around that number's around 10 to 12. I think yeah. aver- the average is around 10 to 12. Um, but now you have a ton of them. And here's another uh, great stat about the super seniors. Um, the average number of returning starters in college football per team in 2021 is 16.2. Yeah. Um, usually the average is 13. And if you want to put those in percentages, like your typical returning average is 62.6%. The 2021 for all the teams in Division One football, it's 76.7%. And then when you go and look across the board, so every team in the Big 12, and it really does a lot of it correlate to the Big 12 media poll, which we'll get to in a second. But you look at the highest level of production, Iowa State here, 88% mm-hmm. returning. TCU at 77%. 
Kansas State at 76%. We said the average for this year is 76.7, but your typical average is at 62.6. So look at these teams yep. across the whole conference. Iowa State, 88. TCU, 77. K-State, 76. OU, 76. Baylor, 75. Texas Tech, 74. Oklahoma State, 73. That's a ton of returning it's production. Done. You still have a team in West Virginia with 68%. You have Kansas at 67%, all which would be above your typical returning average of 62. Then you got Texas mm-hmm. down at the bottom at 59%. Yeah. It's actually below your typical returning average of 62 it's at 59 so of the teams that's projected at the top texas definitely the one that has the fewest and littlest amount of returning and now a lot of that comes with a guy when you lose an ellinger inside your offense losing a quarterback really does hit it a lot i mean you lost all your captains the one good thing is is I would say Bijan's production should count for like twice its value. Like you should be able to double whatever percentage Bijan is because he's that much different and better than the opponents, which may get it, say, around your typical returning average of 62% or something, but it's still not enough to really offset things unless, say, Texas, because the one thing that Bill Conley did admit is with these new transfer rules and the way that, you know, the grad transfer market and then being able to get the JUCO guys Mm -hmm. and all that, there is going to be some additional numbers added to these. And Texas, though, may drop one, too, because he also admitted an error with BYU, and they're going to be jumping up from at 127 to be right around Texas at like the one. 15 mark yeah it's like now we got to start looking at um and the number about o-lines is 46 sorry i said it was 40 it's 46 to be exact 46 teams 46 teams return all five offensive linemen the average is 10 and that's like 37 percent of d1 because there's 127 teams so that's a lot going to your point about the super scene and your point about the what usually is the average of number of returning production or the amount of returning production but this year, that number is what seventy seven percent. Yes, it's of the average seven. Yep. Yeah. So across all of college football, across all of college so football, that means I mean, you look at Texas. So it's devalued. Basically, returning starters is devalued. Yes. Look at it. Louisiana, now. number three in the nation, returning ninety five percent. Yeah. That's who Texas starts off yeah. a tough game. Like it's gonna be a Texas non con Look at Arkansas. They're at seventy one. They're seventy six percent. So like. Arkansas would rank right there with K-State in Oklahoma at 76% coming back. So yeah, no, Texas's schedule the Louisiana is thing, with teams. And hopefully 95% is nuts. You know, you got the analytical mind. Hopefully it helps Texas that now the returning starter, at least stat and returning productions, that is overvalued this mm-hmm. year. Yes. Right? Which it could be. But it's just because everybody is going to have a ton well, of but it. not to Texas. Not for Texas, though. <laughs> it's actually Texas worse. is worse We're than playing, everybody. Everybody else is playing up on a level Every, or playing field than Texas is. And, yeah. that's it. and the ones above average are teams like Louisiana or Arkansas. So Louisiana, playing. just I know we'll get, to, we'll get to the Big 12 stuff here in a second. Louisiana returns their quarterback. Levi Lewis. He was really good. 6.1 yards per carry, 19 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Dual threat. Yep, got five rushing touchdowns. They returned all of their receivers. They returned six out of the seven offensive linemen who played significant time. And all but one defender who played at least 50 snaps. I mean, and I was off a team that went 10-1. and one. Some of y'all Texas fans and some probably of the guys off the team, A lot of the guys on the team that went 
eleven and three in twenty nineteen. Yeah, because if you sit around and watch like midweek football games, you see a lot of the raging Cajuns out there. Because like they're always your Thursday night or Wednesday night game, and guys like Elijah Mitchell and Trey Ruggins, those running backs last year, they did what Texas fans envied and wanted to have like. 20 personnel and two back sets where they Mm -hmm. would throw to these guys out of the backfield and do a lot of those inventive things. That's an offense that was undervalued at the time. I'll say, I'll say this though. When you look at, we're talking about Bill Connolly's returning production stat. When you look at the 14 teams below the average in 2021, below Mm -hmm. that 76.7% average of returning production, man, a lot of them are, you know, big time blue top ten teams. Yeah, I mean, talking about Bama's in that conversation, um, Florida's in that conversation. Yep, Ohio State, Notre Dame. We can point uh, to the reasons. It's North, it's Pitts, it's Mac Jones, Devonta. You know, it is. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree yeah. with all that. My, my point is this, though. This is the point I want to make. The, those schools don't worry about it as much, or shouldn't have to worry about it as much, mm-hmm. because. Those schools have a track record of developing the talent that they're bringing in. The problem with Texas is not that there's not talent on campus. There's tons of talent on campus. It's just inexperienced, unproven, and undeveloped talent on campus. It hasn't been optimized or weaponized effectively, and that's what SARS got to do. If you look at, and we'll get into this too because the FPI has been adjusted. Did you see the adjusted ESPN FPI? No, I they admitted. I know we're all over the place here, but there's so much to get to, so we'll try to get to the scope of it. ESPN FPI admitted they made mistakes. Here's the tweet from Seth Walder. We recently discovered that our previous uh, preseason release of college football FPI contained data and modeling errors. (laughs) We re-released the FPI today after remedying remedying those issues. We regret the error and apologize to college football fans for the confusion. Updated projections here. The reason they did that, remember Oklahoma State was ninth, and we were like, that doesn't seem right. Mm -hmm. Now they're 19th, I believe. That's a lot better. (laughs) Well, at least we did notice that. We were were like, like, wow. Damn, they really like Oklahoma State. So they have adjusted some things, and in the new FPI. Good due diligence by you, sir, by correcting. Well, yeah, I think we we're like, we're all like, well, that just don't make no. I trust the FBI. Well, I'm, I'm happy sure. you saw the because that's the thing. Like, you don't see like the mistake. You don't see like the retraction on the page eight of the newspaper. That's true. Good so, point. So, like, it's a good point Great by point. you yeah. pointing this out. Otherwise, people might be betting on Okie State. Great point. Great point. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, and you know what? They should. They make a big deal. So only, I only seen one tweet about it from Damn, e- so Texas about ESPN. Moved up? Texas is number seven now. Yeah. That's even better. And exactly. Now I'm like, whoa, maybe the FBI is too high on Texas. The reason the FBI is high on Texas is because they know what everybody else knows and what I know, that if you look at overall basically returning talent. Yeah, like the blue chip stuff we talked about recently. Blue chip ratio, basically. Yeah, Bud Elliott. Just shout out to Bud Elliott. If you're looking at blue chip ratio, that there are only six teams, uh, seven teams, with as much talent or more talent than Texas, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, and then they have more, that they have more talent than Texas. Clemson, mm-hmm. Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, boom, right there. They're at four, For sure. and that everybody agrees they they've been making the most of it. Mm-hmm. But then LSU, Oklahoma, and Florida are all tied with Texas in terms of blue chip ratio. So there's tons of talent, and they basically that's why the FBI said they picked Texas. And the assumption is that Sark will maximize the talent. Exactly. The assumption is the oh, the assumption is with Texas, Tom Herman, even last year when he had a senior quarterback and 
the the best pass rusher in the Big 12, the best damn tackle in the Big 12. Texas still underachieved. Should have beat Oklahoma in a game where they benched their mm-hmm. starting quarterback. Couldn't do it. Uh, probably should have been able to pull off a big win against, I don't know, Iowa State, but couldn't do it at yeah. home. So those missed opportunities because Tom Herman didn't give you a schematic coaching advantage or a developmental advantage. I think the assumption by the FBI is that Sark will give you that advantage yeah. with all that talent. In addition to that, all those things which may elevate the current status of, say, players that aren't necessarily on that star level, he also, I think, and it's been evidenced at his, all his stops being at Alabama or mm-hmm. even beforehand at Atlanta and the NFL, he's funneled his usage through his best players. That's and one it's thing he does. And it's a big deal That's that really, point. like, and if I know I a know. lot of, I always bring up NBA stuff, but, like, a lot of fans are probably watching the NBA Finals, and like last night you watch Giannis, and what did the Bucks? What have had they had to do is trim a lot of fat, and mm-hmm. all the usage is funneling through your main guys. You get Giannis, you may have enough Cut for Drew, may have enough for Middleton. It's something that Rockets fans knew all about when yep. watching. And what what's the guy that allows you to do that with the Bucks? Mm-hmm. A PJ Tucker type. You're That's right. your gritty guys. That then you can be as good as your superstars, and you can funnel all your usage through your superstars. And it's why we talked about. Like his usage of Najee Harris just as a workhorse back and Devonta Smith or in years past yeah. funneling it all of the passing production through guys like Ruggs and Judy and Smith, Smith to where people like Waddle didn't even have really a spot in that rotation, even though Waddle may be a guy that's drafted as higher, higher than any of them, you know? So when I mean, you look across the board and see the way that that worked, and that was when he had a ton of talent two years ago. Then whenever he had to trim out some of that usage last year, yeah. it was funneled through Devontae and funneled through Najee Harris. They just absorbed all of that, and that was our biggest criticism at times of Tom Herman was not getting the ball into the oh, hands man. of your playmakers yes. and that's a situation where I think Texas if you're talking about why there might be a spike in these projections it could be something that's so simple it is but simple. if you funnel it through there and you don't make mistakes and you allow your stars to be stars they can carry you a lot long further if you have a difference maker which Texas fans feel Bajon Robinson really will be yeah, Bijan's got to be a part proven of that. to be one. But yeah, I mean that's I I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean it it sounds simple, but it really does Texas, matter a ton. I always said about Tom Herman's offense, it was a failure of imagination and a lack of common sense. But playing B, giving Bijan more touches would it it, it would have saved his job. Yeah, I mean it's 100%. crazy to think it, if he if he decided I'm unleashing Bijan versus Oklahoma, nobody knows about him. I'm mm-hmm. unleashing him. Oklahoma's not going to know what the hell hit them. And they wouldn't have. Yeah. Cause that, it, it, and that's where the, the Scorpion it, it, play where, you know, was one that sort of just sort of sets you off yeah. on a bad foot, but you had plenty of time to recover from but it, he, and you didn't. And he didn't. But my thing, he wouldn't even do, I know I'm, this is not bash Tom Herman, we're going to get to the uh, Big 12 media stuff here momentarily, but, this, uh, you know, there are common sense things. This is what I think Sark's going to do. If it's working, hmm. let's keep doing it. Yep, pound it. Tom Herman would see something, a concept that would be working, that successful concept, and he would isolate it and only do it sporadically. Yeah, or and in you, very like, important remember, situations remember empty, where it, it becomes predictable. Remember the empty formation, and then I kept tracking. I was yeah. like, I know he's, I know he knows that empty formation is their most successful concept over there offensively. I, I, till, still to this day, the numbers are mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Here's empty formation. I'll give it to you, um, Texas. <laughs> I know I, sometimes they look fake, so I got to make sure I read them correctly. Um, out of empty formation, 
Texas had a passing touchdown every 6.7 plays. They averaged 10 yards per attempt passing. Yeah. They average an explosive pass play, which is 15 yards or more, every 4.7 pass plays, a touchdown every 5.7 plays, an explosive play every 4.7 plays, and a first down or a touchdown every 2.61 plays. I'm not, that, that, that number right there is the biggest one to me. A first, if you had an empty formation last year, they, had a, they, they scored a touchdown or they got a first down. Every two point six plays out of empty. That's the that's the answer to the question. And, and that, get, that solves the riddle. That's a that's a touchdown every drive. That's how you become Lincoln Riley. And you, what percentage of plays do you think Matt they ran empty last year? Uh like not even eight percent. You're right, seven point six percent. I, I did not yeah. know that either. Yeah. Yeah, that was off the head. But you know what's great about your, your talk about it's empty like, formation? On, All I did was Google Rod Baber's empty formation. First thing that comes up are your tweets. Uh, like it's, oh, yeah. it's gained enough traction yeah. that you can just Google it's, Rod it's Baber's there. empty formation. People are sending them to the coaches. I appreciate you guys. But I'm like, <laughs> I know they know this. They know that. And I was like, why are you only running at five plays a game? I'd run, you know what? Let's run it 12 plays a game. We got to up it. We got to Do up it till we stop like it. Just up, like you said, up the usage. Yes. Up, and then that allowed them to funnel mm-hmm. to their best players. Yeah. That's when Joshua Moore was at his best. Yeah. Because then he gets one-on-one and the top of the defense is spying in the backfield and all those things. And that's when Sam was great. Because Sam was great as a rusher out of empty. It unlocks your team the way that certain teams and coaches can. You hear about it in all sports. It it happens all the time in the NBA how certain schemes can limit. And just simple things like that can limit an upside of a team. And all you need is to change that one ingredient type thing. Like this is another one right now, uh, one huge ingredient. What happened so back before? the bubble were happened right in the mm-hmm. NBA the Suns everybody was laughing why are the Suns going to the bubble and it was Monty Williams it was J- yeah. it was Bridges it was Booker it was Aiton and they were this core of team went undefeated in the bubble 8-0 but they didn't really have that one thing to spark the change mm. in the different what that did one they element. they needed that veteran element that now Ricky element. Rubio's yep. good but Ricky Rubio was also injured and yeah. a guy that was coming post COVID and it just wasn't the right mix they still went undefeated only team to be undefeated in the bubble they change point, one ingredient man. they drop in some veteranness chris paul comes in and what did chris paul do he was able to get jay crowder and convince him to yeah. come join because it would be the right ecosystem and then what happens this team i remember hearing people all the first month of the season two months talking about this it's like ah uh, the phoenix suns are the suns they can't do this i was like do y'all remember what they did in the bubble and then great now they're just announce, coming man. out like a you know bat out of hell it's and it's great comparison. chris paul on a mission all you got to do is change one ingredient and that's the type of thing that whenever i saw that i wanted to bring it up on the show last week we didn't have time but that's what sarkeesian's ingredient is and i th- really think all you have to do is come in here and change a few things and it's not much different but the results can be amplified and so much different if it's the right ingredient yep. but sometimes that mixture it becomes volatile and it can be one you know oh, yeah. compound away from being or, C- carbon monoxide carbon dioxide or the, the timing of the use. element right you left it in too long yep. or not long enough yep. right because that's how Tom Herman ends up with 2018 the one thing with Herman yeah. to Sark and it really could be that difference could be no 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 I, I think you just man that was a great 
comparison to the Phoenix Suns, so I totally agree. Um, and I jumped on the Phoenix Suns bandwagon. Actually, you, were, you were ahead of me on because yeah, because well, because you were really high on them too, and you kept dropping some knowledge. I was like, man, after they beat the Lakers, I was like, I think they're gonna win it all. Yeah, I, no, Rod I, said, I, said it, right I was then. the first one that said he was convinced <laughs> me because I was like, man, I like these Clippers. I really think the Clippers. Uh, th- th- that's where that series and yeah. the Brooklyn in uh, the Brooklyn and Bucks series both at the same time in the second yep. round. Those were sort of your finals teams. That's a great point. And then, but I just knew when Kawhi went down, I was like, they got no shot. Yeah, they got no shot. Even though they somehow did, but they, it was even crazy. though they somehow did, you're right. I even, well, and I ain't thinking well, it's funneled usage in in that situation. Back, like, get, it, point, get yeah, back but, to it, right? It, it's the, to Paul it's George. Simple. And it turned him into a different player. And it and it sounds crazy. It isn't as if they're a better team without Kawhi in those situations, but you simplify variance. And yep. it isn't Kawhi's fault or mm. Paul George's fault. Every basketball player has a bad game every few games. And if you have two players on the court, there's a chance that you can lose diminishing returns in little narrow margins. You if you're funneling that. it yep. through, like, say, but it's hard to do yep. it for 82 consecutive games the way James Harden could never do it in Houston and win a championship. That's not your recipe for to win it all. Yeah. But you can get one game sample production that's as good or better if you funnel through your superstars. Just trying to survive an injury way. from exactly. another star, and that's I mean mm-hmm. losing. Dante and we've seen, and we've seen it. This and losing Dante Divincenzo yeah. is that margin. And honestly, losing Sarich in the finals right now is enough that if you can't afford a foul trouble game from Aiton because you don't have enough to around the surrounding, and then you have a glaring weakness or a hole, and that's sort of where getting every team the, has to be, and that's where Texas. Back to that Go compound of how about. it works yeah. together. You're right. No, I totally agree. Uh, all right, let's get to the media preseason poll here. Um, of course, <laughs> the Oklahoma Sooners are picked to finish first place. I mean, is this a shock? I don't think it is no. to anybody. Uh, they deserve it. It's it's, it's, it's hard for absurd. Longhorn fans. Yeah, exactly. It's absolutely When we absurd. got to the point that it was 12 of 18 years and then I've just been adding Dude. a one of one every year since then, I it's think, out of this world. I know. It's so many weird, crazy, freaky stats now associated with the Sooners' dominance of this conference. My favorite is that they've won um, so we're 14 Big 12 titles now. And they've done it with nine different starting quarterbacks. That yeah. is my favorite one. Look at I this one right one. here. I hate the uh, from, <laughs> if you don't follow Bill C. on Twitter, do it. He put a great one that I retweeted. Texas and Oklahoma's production over the last 50 years and how Oklahoma's been ahead of Texas for 17 of the 21 years. But in those four years Texas was ahead, we played for national championships yeah. in two of those four years. So, like, it's just that little tiny window when Texas that did. Texas ended up but being see, better and than And that kind of goes with it, too. When Okay, great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Don't we have transcendent quarterbacks every time, too? Yeah. Vince see, and that's Cole. the thing. And that's why I don't like. Yeah. I hate that it we takes We don't have Texas one in Oklahoma have, has yeah, one. I hate that you have to have like a – well, they, they're winning it sometimes. But with they've had Paul one every Thompson. year for five years. And you're right. Was, you're see, right. Now the Lincoln-Riley era is different. You're right. Hey, Lincoln-Riley hey, era At least is. we did beat Paul Thompson in 06. <laughs> and Adrian Peterson threw a fumble yeah. backwards. So and, to your point, you're right. So I'm thinking I'm thinking about the whole entire history We just need to get more transcendent quarterbacks. But you're talking about recently, and recently you are correct. Lincoln-Riley has changed the game where now his quarterbacks are not only been taken number one overall – First round, their Heisman finalists. Um, if you know, it wasn't for Landry Jones, it'd be since Sam Bradford almost. Yeah, the dominance has been that they just get elite he, quarterbacks. They got they've been the getting better quarterbacks. Back then. Um, or been able to at least put those quarterbacks in systems to maximize their talent. Um, but, yeah, I hate that it takes Texas a transcendent, all-time great college football Hall of Famer yep. to beat Oklahoma consistently. But when they do, like you said, 
That yeah. means they may be on to something. Yeah. yeah it's I just know. a bummer that OU's been ahead of Texas for 17 to 21 years. This is a great point, too, that Bill C. pointed out that literally Texas and Oklahoma have only had one down year ever since like 1954 where they're both down it was like in 97 you know like that's the only time when both texas and yep. oklahoma were down then every happened. other year they've always been somewhere yeah and recently it's been all oklahoma uh <laughs> yep. been uh supporting at least uh yeah, yeah. supporting the conference uh lincoln Riley is in his fifth he's entering his fifth year right uh it should be yes uh, sixth year or fifth year? i'll pull it fifth up year. Fifth year. No, because they've won it six straight years, and I believe he has been there. The 15-16 transfer over, I believe. Yeah, and they had Mayfield. It was Mayfield's last year. Yeah, 2017 was Mayfield's head coach, last year. And he was OC in 16. Right? So 17, got, 18, 19, 20, and this will be 21. And he had Mayfield. Basically, you go from the quarterbacks, basically. They don't take you through it. Mayfield, yep. Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. Spencer Rattler's one year. And then Spencer Rattler. Yeah, so, okay, that's that's an easier way to do it. And yeah, just, that's quite a list. Uh, okay, so Lincoln Riley is second in Big 12 history for conference championships behind Bob Stoops. That's absurd. <laughs> Already. Already. Bet past Mac. Come on, man. Mac said no really like, I win the ACC. Damn it. Mac got two. Hell, Mac, you know what's tied with Mac? Our brows. Mac got screwed. Mac got three. Dude. Mac won it in 08. He just didn't get credit for it. Yeah, he should have won it in 08. Man, Art Browse in a short time span. Yeah. Okay, Bill Snyder. Okay, Bill Snyder and Mac Brown have two, and Art Browse have two. And Art Browse wasn't around near as long as no. Bill Snyder and Mac Brown. Those no, guys were around like twice as long as he was around. 14. So, our Browns came in like a crossfire hurricane. Just yeah. Well, he changed the, the conference. Up. He did change he, the conference. He changed it. And Lincoln Riley, four. Man, so that, that's, I'm just saying, the, the stats behind Oklahoma are cartoonish. And they, there's, right now, they uh, might have their best defense in the last 10 years. Um, I think to me, hmm. that's what I'm looking at. That defensive line with Isaiah Thomas. Jalen Redman is going to be on there, too. Yeah. And, and is it Nick Benito? Benito, I think so. Yeah. Well, and some people saying he's a linebacker. Some people saying he's a DN. I, yeah, Donald he's what you need him to be against exactly. on your opponent. When you're that malleable, you're a weapon, and that's huge to be. And then, yeah, just looking at Oklahoma, basically the way – you remember how – Texas and with Mac, it was as if, you know, we had the state of Texas and Texas was light years ahead of everybody within mm-hmm. the state. And that was the recruiting ploy. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, Oklahoma just does that to the Big 12 conference. Like that's what they're when you can right. recruit it the way Texas was able to recruit in the state of Texas because they could just say we own it and it's indisputable. Just look at this across the board. Nobody can touch us for a decade. Well, Oklahoma is saying the same thing for a whole conference, yeah. which is the bigger geography and it reaches nationwide, which is going to be really hard to dethrone. And the scary thing is they're recruiting now better than they were. Yes. Like now they're actually starting to recruit at a higher level. This, like That's a scary Stoops thought. Stoops the way the conference let, uh, was going, and he thought. handed it over to the perfect guy whenever he it was did. shifting from his style to the new modern that, that, game. To me, I and mean, that's Bob, what Mac didn't do. Bob Soup was always a better coach than Mac Brown, but that is his coup d'etat. Yeah. That is that that he left that program in a better place because he was, in the end, at the time, more unselfish than Mac. Well, he was and thinking also, about the program and not thinking about his own legacy. 100%. And Mac was thinking about his legacy at the end and not the program. 
now Mac has obviously evolved as a coach and seen the error of his and ways. And meanwhile, while Bob Stoops was doing that, we people were thinking, oh, I don't know, Oklahoma's going soft and going all offense. And it was like, no, I think he was seeing where it was going now. He didn't he did. do it it's well, but like that wasn't necessarily soft. It was adapting to the modern game. And he also and was falling it off. Be and, me. Yeah, got, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that guy that, not that can guy identify anymore. these things. And it's, a, and it's crazy thing about it. I know we'll get into Because he got maniacally like – uh, beaten by old Leach out in West Texas with Cliff. Like, when you just saw the air raid and what it was able to do, he identified it then, back in, like, 2000, you know? like he, No, he identified it when he was at Florida. Yeah. And Kentucky was playing, like, Kentucky. You remember you're, he was you're like right, DC, 100%. And he was playing Mike Leach, and he was – and they were still and beat, they were beating Kentucky, here. but he thought to himself – this is the offense that gives me the most headaches. I stay up at night thinking about how to stop this damn air raid, and I can't. And nobody else really wants to or proliferate it, it. And, and popularize it. So he took it with him. He's like, this is going to be yep. my my offensive persona will be the air raid. And it not only won the national title, yeah. but it actually made the it, – it turned into the identity of of the Big 12 it Conference It got too big that Mike Leach had to leave Oklahoma to go start his own thing out in West Texas, and the rest of the state picked it up. And then you, Stoops could oh, see within yeah. a decade it was beating Texas. Like, that wasn't – Scheme couldn't beat Texas in yeah. the decades before, and that's whenever yeah. he identified that shift. Meanwhile, that's when Texas shifted to becoming a power run offense at the same time where yeah, – that's when Mac – And ironically, Mac now is running – the air raid. Yes. Oh, the yeah. irony of all ironies oh, is so that Manny while the Diaz Big is 12, trying to pick up like the Big 12 things. shifted to the air raid and became more successful, he decided to shift away from it and became That's history. less successful. Anyway, uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, Oklahoma picked to win the conference, and that's well-deserved. We all agree with that. Uh, you start looking at uh, the second-place team. It's Iowa State. That's no shock that Iowa State – may return the most, I believe they have the most returning production in the Big 12. Yep, 88%. Yeah, uh, and you look at where they return. They return, I think they're one of those teams that return all of their offensive line, if I'm not mistaken. And they return two of their, I'll say if you think I start in tight ends, but they basically start two tight ends. Yep. Uh, and, and the best tight the in the country. Yeah, Brees Hall. They got Tariq Milton, they return. Xavier Hutchinson. He hadn't played almost all year, and then he played in that Texas game. Yeah, Brock Purdy. So, yeah, in terms of returning production on offense, they return everything, almost everything. And then on defense, I believe they lose maybe one starter on defense, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. I believe they lose one or two on the defensive line, but that, that's about it. Uh, they're loaded. They return 20, I believe, out of 22 starters. And that's why they received the only other first-place votes other than Oklahoma got 35 and Iowa State got four. They're the clear-cut number two team by the Big 12 preseason media poll. And if you look at Vegas odds to win a national championship, you can look at Oklahoma's at 6.5 to 7-1, to one, depending on what book you're at. And you look at Iowa State's at 33 to 50 to 1, who's right there with Texas, who's at surprisingly 25 to 1 yes, better odds. You're right about that. ESPN FPI has a similar sentiment, if you will, because the ESPN FPI has Texas with just as good, if not better odds, because they are ranked higher than Iowa State to make the Big 12 title. Yeah, and they have so more, they really a little like bit, Texas. A little bit more betting clout. If you look at betting, they want money. More people bet on Texas, so you're going to get a That's little true. bit cheap, cheap in odds, and you can get better money off of it. So less people betting on Iowa State, but I bet that a lot, a lot more of the sharp money. Because right now, if you look to Iowa State and early 
or early lines would started as a 10-point favorite against Texas, now a 7-point favorite against Texas because some of the opening lines have came out. And if we're on it right now, the other Big 12 teams, OU favored by 9 over Texas. West Virginia, a pick em, that game in West Virginia. So Texas may be considered the better team, but neutral field aspect would be favored instead at West Virginia. Going to be a pick em. And then in the non-conference games, you got Arkansas versus Texas. Texas at 3 and a half point road favorite which is mm-hmm. pretty impressive and that hook is big at three and a half trying to yeah, get a lot of people big. in uh, Louisiana right now Texas nine and a half point favorite in that game from most books and you've seen books I've in the seen double that digits line really all big. over the place I've seen that line at nine and a half I've they'll seen get it people 10. whatever people will take Texas at the books will take that so I've they'll try it. to get away with the higher numbers yeah I've seen it at 13 yeah it depends where you go and look at different books yeah that's crazy man I'm, I'm well I think if you see that's I've seen it at 13 and 14 if you see it at, at 13 double dip man that's yeah, that might be something. Uh, that might be something you Texas. might want to think about. That's because a lot of points. Uh, that's a lot of points early on. Nine and a half is a good line. If you were thinking, I still wouldn't even be confident in that. Not with them returning. I like not, not re- with them returning ninety five percent production. Billy I'd have Napier's to at least a- give me some time. Wait on injury news. It's too early to bet football right I now. I agree. And Billy Napier is a hell of a coach too. We got time to break that down, and we will. But uh, about Iowa State, my. I, I, by the way. Matt Campbell was offered a seventy-plus million-dollar deal with Detroit in the offseason that came out yeah, to be the coach, money. and decided, "No, I'm staying at Iowa State." That's crazy. So he believes they got something special, and that—that's why everybody came back for them too. And everybody's like, "I can't believe he's an Iowa State guy." It's like this guy's showing you everything. Like he's an Iowa State. He's guy. an Iowa State guy. Brees Hall. Uh, He—he's got. I would say he's gotten four. Reported that we've heard of that have been reported four offers from NFL teams in the last Impressive. two or three years. They love that guy. Um, but the reason I was talking about is because they all came back because they believe it's something special. Brock Purdy, he's the key to me for them. Last year, he underachieved. Yeah. They were winning in spite of him. If he plays anything like closer to freshman year, Brock Purdy, or he starts playing like an all conference type player, mm-hmm. that offense is scary. Because now they have wide receivers that can stretch the vertical passing game with Tariq Milton, Milton. who was hurt last year, Xavier Hutchinson, who ended up being an all-conference player for them Mm. last year. And, of course, they might have the best set of tight ends in the country. That Dylan Soner guy. Yeah, and you're going to put eight. They want you to put eight in the box to stop stop Brees Hall because he's a workhorse. They they might have a nice offense, but this this is a stat that I love about Matt Campbell that shows how good he is. Um, It is fantastic. Okay, so you go look at – Iowa State, right? They've won four of the last 11 versus Texas and Oklahoma. Prior to Matt Campbell, mm-hmm. Iowa State was 784-2 versus Texas and Oklahoma. That's crazy. And he's fo- and by the way, he's got some close losses in there. That sounds a lot like Baylor stats, but pre-Briles and then Briles. Whenever right? we would read those stats and Texas had never lost and you'd get fired if you lose to Baylor, and then everything changed with one head coach. And sort of the same thing happened with Texas Tech with Mike Leach, but like you're saying right now, Matt Campbell's definitely that guy. Ten years prior to Matt Campbell. Oh, you say Patterson's that guy for TCU. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, ten years prior to Matt Campbell, uh, that – I would say had one winning season. Since then, four out of five winning seasons. His first year was their last losing season. He's a hell of a coach. Yeah. It's just 
throw it out there. Be it's a hell of a list to put together. Yeah, he's a hell of a coach. Uh, Texas is third in this media poll, um, and they um, – I gotta say, I think Texas third is right where they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, Iowa State and Oklahoma, I think, are going to be in a separate tier. Yeah, Oklahoma yeah. might be in a tier by itself. Who knows how Iowa State's going to be? Uh, but I think Texas should be knocking on the door. I don't know if they can kick it in just this year. Mm-hmm. They should be knocking on the door because of the overall, in terms of talent, only Oklahoma has co- comparable talent to Texas, like yeah. talent to Texas. Iowa State doesn't. Iowa State. Develops talent really well. They have great game plans, great coaches. John Heacock, love them, defensive guru. But they don't have the talent Texas does, and nobody in the conference does. Yeah, and when you look at the way the polls work out, you know, just it has like a number system with 10 points from the top down for yeah. first place votes. And when you look at Oklahoma, clearly that one, and Iowa State, clearly the two getting 385 and then 351 points. The next group that's really clumped together closely when You're you look at right. Texas. TCU in Oklahoma State. It mm-hmm. goes Texas at 273, Oklahoma State at 266, and TCU at 255. So you really see where that top tier you Great spoke point. of is. And then you have 345. The thing is, is if you look at betting markets, Texas 25 to 1 to win a national championship. If you view the value area of these things, if one team is a little better than expected, like say how Jeff loves TCU, mm-hmm. TCU is going at 200 to 1 to win a national championship. Oklahoma value. State's going at a hundred to one yeah. to win a national championship. Texas at twenty-five to one. Yet the media poll and the numbers put them all basically as a tie. The way they're mm-hmm. viewed, the Vegas value. Texas is eight times better in value than TCU, which is a bit absurd. If you were just betting value, you'd go throw a couple bucks on a TCU in Oklahoma, especially if you're betting mm-hmm. Texas. Because if you're betting Texas, this will back you up to great value to win also point. that you can get. It's a great point about how the second tier you're talking about. Because I don't know why every, people like Oklahoma State, and I'm starting to think it's because of what Mike Gundy's done on defense. you got to give him credit. They return, I think, 9 out of the 11 starters on the defensive side of the ball. They may have the best secondary in the Big 12 next year. That could be the most valuable piece other than, say, right? quarterback passing game. They're gonna if have, you're at more unique at being the one great secondary, that could be a big deal. Because you know, they're going to have the best two safeties, uh, Trey Serling and Colby Harville-Peel. Uh, but then they'll have uh, the cornerback, Jarek Bernard Converse, coming back. And then, like you said, Malcolm Rodriguez has been there forever. So they may have one of the best back sevens mm-hmm. in all the Big 12 if not the best secondary in the Big 12. So people could be really high on them because of that. Um, And last year, their defense really, really stood out. If you don't know, Mike Gundy, about five years ago, he admitted this. I'll just paraphrase it because I don't want to get the quote out, and it will take forever. Um, But he he basically decided about five or six years ago to to change the way they recruited defense. So Mm -hmm. he's going to start recruiting positionless players in the back seven and stop recruiting specific positions out of high school, just recruiting body types and recruiting fast, you know, basically fast, agile athletes who work well in space. And if they basically their bodies grow into a safety, is a safety. Yeah. If he ends up growing into Don't a corner, put him in a, a corner. Box. Exactly. He ends up becoming a linebacker. He's a linebacker. And in the Big 12, you can do that because 
You just need what I call spread babies. Yeah. You just need guys who can run in space. You need DeMarvion Overshones. And on this defense is normal everywhere. to kids coming up. Like yes, the older generation babies, yeah. and people yeah. like maybe need the labels and compartmentalized areas because that's the way what we've learned the game yeah. just as positions. But a lot of the kids growing up, it is became more of a positionless viewing aspect. Exactly. So it's not a big deal if they aren't labeled one thing or the next. Totally agree. Uh, but my concern is this. So I think defense is going to be good. My concern is that Spencer Sanders is a he's a mistake waiting to happen. High risk, high reward. Yep. We saw the high reward here at Texas, but we also saw that high risk. And he doesn't have Chuba Hubbard and Tylen Wallace to depend on. I know Mike Gundy's going to have another great set of offensive weapons there. He always seems to reload that. Mm-hmm. But I don't trust Spencer Sanders. So I think Oklahoma State is overrated. There I do. Go. I think if I, what I would do because I think TCU right they behind did sort him. Of regress Sanders his production. You know the he, way that he's developing. He me. His development hasn't been there. Yeah, he scares me. I'd move TCU ahead of them. I'd put TCU at four if I was voting. I don't consider myself a member of the media, so I don't vote. Um, uh, but I'd put TCU at four. And honestly, I'm not joking. K State's at seven. I'd put K State ahead of West Virginia. So my poll would go. As is Oklahoma, Iowa State, Texas, one, two, three. But then I would put TCU at four instead of Oklahoma State, move Oklahoma State to five, put K State at six, because I like K State with Deuce Vaughn and with Skylar oh Thompson. Dude, Skylar Thompson's a super they were they were undefeated before he got hurt last year. And they knew how to use Deuce Vaughn. And they Going back to your point about <laughs> thinking they had Bijan, thinking dude, that what Bijan would have done with them last year when he had to that, be the they guy. They had to do that in the slot running slants on Overshone. Yeah, they, yeah. they knew exactly how to exploit Texas by yep. using. They put more backs in the backfield, not to help out Deuce Vaughn in terms of blocking, but for misdirection. They was like, no, no, we just need them to be a step late. We need their eyes to have to go one place, and we can send Deuce the other place. If we do that and they don't know where the football is and it takes them a half a second to identify mm-hmm. where the play is going, with Deuce Vaughn, you're already too late. Yep, because he's been he's born. Right. He's like a Neo in the Matrix. You're he's a young kid late. that grew up in this already. Exactly. You're already too late, and that's what they did. They did a marvelous job of putting the multi uh, multiple back formations in against Texas. Which I, I remember like, every year TP, or every week oh. people were like, he can't continue this production, and every week he oh. would do the same thing over and over because like the stat nerds are like, uh, this hasn't really like happened. You can't have a running back getting this limited touches, getting this many. It's like he ain't being used like a normal running back. It's, it's like amazing. that idea that a target is like two and a half rushes. When you use those guys in the passing game, it really does matter. So I think if Scott Thompson doesn't get hurt, if he can stay healthy, super senior, it helps him out. Uh, they lost a lot of pieces on defense, but that's Chris Kleiman's, you know, that's his expertise. I think they can fix that. I think Chris Kleiman's a hell of a coach. His first year, they should have won 10 games. They let, they, they went 8-5 and five his first year, three losses by combined 10 points. Last year, they're 4-0 and oh until Skylar Thompson gets hurt. Yep. Like you said, I like how they use Deuce Vaughn. To me, I, put, I like K-State more than I like West Virginia if everything stays healthy, and I like TCU, but I like Oklahoma State. So I'd have West Virginia at 7, and then I'd – Keep Baylor at eight, Tech at nine, Kansas at ten. Yep, that sounds about right. That's about along with the betting lines too. Is right it really? Yep. Yeah. Or just when I you- like the purple kryptonite this year, dude. Max Doug, if Max Duggan plays like he plays against Texas more consistently in the Big Twelve, mm-hmm. they have Quentin Johnston, I believe, is the name of the wide receiver there. He's really, really good. They had a transfer from Nebraska. 
J.D. Spielman? Spielman, yes, you n- nailed right? it. He's, he's, he's supposed to be a sleeper. Yeah. And they got, so they got weapons on the outside. That, that, that backfield, they got... They got mo- Zach Evans averaged over seven yards a carry. He's they the got first a- five star guy they ever got. Oh man, they got another guy that averaged over six yards a carry. One of their players ended up transferring. One of their running backs because they had too many damn running backs. He averaged over six yards a carry too and ended up leaving because they just didn't have enough carries in the backfield. I think they're going to be loaded on the back end. I mean, sorry, in, in the backfield. So I think they're going to be able to run the ball successfully. And Max Duggan is a dual threat guy anyway. Yeah, then TCU we already mentioned at 200 to 1 odds. And there's some pretty craziness going on with Kansas State because I know my bookie AG, they have them at 200 to 1 for K-State. But if you go to sportsbook.ag, Kansas State to win a national championship is 2,000 to 1. The idea that you can get 10 times more value wow. from one book to the next book that if anybody has a wild hair on that, you go over to Sportsbook and do it because it's paying 10 times more Hell money yeah. than you do if you're looking the other way. Um, Ken uh, Darwin Barlow uh, was the running back for TCU that did transfer. He was averaging 5.9 yards a carry. I forgot where he transferred. Forgive me. But Zach Evans is still there. He averaged uh, 7.7 yards per carry. Kendra Miller still there, averaged 7.2 yards per carry. They both had over 50 carries. So that offense could end up being explosive. And Barlow is joining the rest of Texas's no. players you, in USC. He, dude, USC is mad in Texas. that transfer market. They are. They love the state of Texas. They got, they got Drew McCoy. They got yeah. Keontae Ingram. Malcolm they X. got uh, Jake Smith. and Xavier Alford, too. Yeah, wow. I think Xavier Alford went there, numbers. too. Man, they yep. did a good job of just uh, – Siphoning Barlow, Texas new talent. Native. Uh, so yeah, Darren Barlow. So they still got Kendra Miller and Zach Evans. So that I'm telling you, dog, they're gonna be able to run the football. And Doug Meacham's got a ton of weapons. This is usually when a TCU team, a Gary Patterson team, does well. And you know they always have Texas's number. Um, what they've and you look at it, they also have the best cornerback in the Big Twelve. Uh, Tumlin Hodges Tumlinson. Tomlinson. Right, I think it's his name. I don't know. It's, it's like it's like one of those head. hyphenated names, and I apologize if I didn't get it right. Uh, but he's he's really good. He's Better good memory player. than I have. Uh, no, it's terrible because I'm I'm in the middle of doing my research. I haven't like doing research about you know all the different teams. I'm but still I getting. Never. I'm in NBA mode, about to switch to football, so I still have another week or two. Yeah, I just I've been in Texas mode for a long time, but now I'm starting to get in like Big Twelve mode, and then after that, I branch out into Power Five mode and do my research. Okay. Uh, so that's your Big 12 media poll. Anything we missed on the Big 12 media poll, Mac? And then we can really. jump to the Big 12 preseason. There's one thing that was comical I found because I basically listed every single chance for a team to win a national championship in the Big 12 across the board with tw- Texas at its 25 to 1. And you have odds on nine teams in the conference. Now, yeah. You're Kansas, though. You you don't have an odd available to bet on them, and I found this comical <laughs> because despite Akron, Bowling Green, UTEP, UMass, New Mexico State, and Louisiana Monroe, they had half a million to one odds to bet, and then you're more like saying that there's no chance. So a million to one odds, that's wow. literally like you're telling me there's no chance there's to no win it chance. all. Like it's not even – Harry and Lloyd and Lloyd and no Dumb chance. and Dumber and at that million to one chance because they gave half a million <laughs> to one odds, but that's unbelievable and I thought it was quite comical that they wouldn't give them the one in a million talk. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, no, I'm not surprised. Totally understandable. And they got a little scandal. Well, Did post, you see that? I saw Les Miles stuff. They got a little I, what's po- happened they since? Got, oh, well, about 
some guy. Uh, I hate to get into it when I didn't actually read we'll the get article. Into, like we'll, I we'll research but it more. But yeah, and they, talk about there it next was a time. there was a young man who made allegations that there was some guy selling drugs on the team. Uh, and well, that he probably was probably every team may have one of those. And he was, yeah, the less was, miles stuff I thought yeah, was going to be the more skin. Yeah, and he was stuff. like paid, but he was like paid to you know hush it up or ah, to, to well go then, away. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, sounds so. a lot like the old way those universities ran things yeah. for a long time. So I think that's kind of what he was. All right, let's get to the uh, media's preseason Big Twelve selections here. Um, so only two Longhorns made the uh, the Big Twelve media team, the the, the media all uh, preseason team, I should say. Bijan Robinson made it as a running back, and it was only one team. They didn't do first and second team. They didn't do honorable mentions like they do for the postseason team. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, my man Bijan Robinson and Deshaun Jameson. That's it. That's and- it. I could see that now. There's good and I'm a little surprised that made. Deshaun Jameson made it. Yeah, getting the clout. I think that his big playability and he made it as a DB though, not as a return man. No, he made it as a DB. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm about to say, he, who's yeah. who's the return man ahead of him? Because he should be the big, the top return man. I'm going to pull it up right now. Oh no, Texas uh, Philip Brooks, the um, K State return man, and good. I want to say I maybe Ebner right uh, was the. Yeah, Jordy Sandy was the punter, I see. I just didn't see it listed on there. But, yeah, oh, kick return and punt, punt returner, and then Gabe Burchich is the place kicker. Yeah. But yeah, Phillip Brooks, K-State, got it ahead he, of Jameson. That's some respect to Jameson as a DB. It is. Phillip Brooks has, I mean, I, you're going to look at his stats. He deserves it. I went and looked at it last year because I, I thought that because he made the he he made the the, uh, the post season Big 12 team last year over Deshaun James and as a return guy. So I went and looked at his stats. He he had a couple of breakout performances, a couple of kick return touchdowns. So uh, he is, himself Deuce was Vaughn. very deserving. He's like, I, Deuce Dude, Vaughn has that skill set too. They could put Deuce back there. I know Deuce he would did be return some last year. Yeah, they could Deuce back there and Deuce would be just fine. He really would be. Um, so what I, Deshaun Jameson, I will say this. I do think Deshaun Jameson can't have a breakout year. I know Jeff's bit really big on Deshaun Jameson having that breakout year this year. And I'll mm-hmm. get, we'll go over really quickly the actual selections of the team, but I want to talk about the Longhorns really quickly who did make it. Uh, Deshaun Jameson making it as a DB. The DBs here are TCU's Trivius Hodges Tomlinson. Got to make sure I remember that. Uh, Oklahoma State's Cobo Harville Peel talked about him, mm-hmm. and they have Greg Eisworth as a DB, and they have Jalen Petrie as a DB. It was kind of a hybrid. Both those guys are hybrid players, playing the box type linebackers, but that's typical for the Big Twelve. But they have them listed as DB and one of the five DBs. So um, I think Deshaun Jameson can have that breakout year. I I love that Jeff brings up a lot of the great stats that he has a better chance at being promoted. When he makes plays, because he's a great return guy, so he's yep. a mo- there's a multifaceted aspect to his game that'll be very very compelling. So if he can just make a few plays defensively, we know he's gonna make plays as a return man. I mean, 
That Some, value's there doing it. Exactly. If you can do that on the defensive end, we saw it in the spring game. And if, like you said, you have a DB, but when he intercepts it, he's one of your best uh, return men in the conference or a playmaker with the ball in his hands. That's a good value. 90. He's the, that's like you, Rodby. You had two of your three picks you brought back for TDs, right? I did. Yeah, no, go. I did. When I got a, got my yeah. hands on one, which the, didn't always happen, <laughs> I made something happen with it. Uh, he did he's, He did have a 90-plus-yard kickoff return and a 90-plus-yard punt return. Touchdown. Yeah, I think the only guy in school history with that. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I remember when that happened. That was pretty, pretty unique. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got, he might be, he he could be the best return man in the country. He's got that type of ability. But when he gets his hands on the the football, as we saw in the spring game, he's got the ability to take that to the house, too. What happened last year with him, he did improve tremendously at the end of the year. Um, He actually had to use the third highest. Uh, rated Big 12 cornerback by Pro Football Focus grades in 2020. And he had the most coverage snaps without a touchdown allowed in 2020, 352. Damn good. Uh, so that's pretty good. I mean, that's, good. that's a good place for to start with uh, Deshaun Jameson. Yeah, I, I think he could be prime for a breakout. If you can have your corners be big, all Big 12 players, considering what I saw last year, Matt, man, that would be a huge luxury for the defense. In case you don't remember the stats, Texas cornerbacks last year, in my opinion, underachieved. Uh, they were every time they were targeted. How about this? Every four point six five targets at the cornerbacks, they allowed an explosive play, or they committed a defensive holding or a pass interference call. Every four point six targets, so just throw it in a direction four point six times, you get an explosive play out of it. A defensive holding or a pass interference. Texas cornerbacks only made a play on the ball without safety help. Every 13.3 targets. And that, that puts so much weight also on your rush defense because if you're talking about one out of 4.6 plays, that means if your rush defense isn't just stopping them, y'all have no shot at getting a stop because if you're getting to that five-play five mark of a drive, you're giving them a sticks or a score, which is going to then sustain that success rate. And if you can't stop the run, and that's why the D-line that Texas has is going to be so big this year. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Um all right, B. John Robinson he, uh, is the other Longhorn that makes it uh, to the all-Big 12 media preseason team. Uh, B. John, I, no shock there. I mean, B. John, much deserving. I think he could end up being the best running back in the country. He's got that kind of talent. Him along with Brees Hall are the starting running backs in, or at least on this list, Spencer Rattler is the starting quarterback. You got some interesting Bijan numbers that are oh, interesting. They're just mind blowing. Yes, they'll blow your mind when you yeah. look across the board. Because we've talked about the yards after contact and what he's been able to do there. And he right now, this past season, it was 87 rushes, and he ended up that's on the season and had 705 yards on the season. Well, yards after contact. 530 of those 705 Ooh, came after contact, 6.09 per attempt. And we're talking, if we're just going to focus on that, on the per attempt level, I went back in Pro Football Focus's database all the way back to 2013 to now, and there's nobody comparable except for in 2018. And you'll Texas fans may actually remember and notice the name Darrell Henderson. If you play fantasy football, you may mm. know that because he splits the backfield with Malcolm Brown with the Rams. Now, he hasn't been able to get all the carries. They yeah. drafted him before they drafted Cam Akers, and he was the guy. Is he out of Memphis? Yeah, Memphis. Yep. And in 2018, 
that of in the history of PFF's uh, database going back to 2013, nobody else has had 80-plus rushes and averaged over six yards per attempt after contact wow. other than Darrell Henderson in 2018 did it at Memphis which mm. maybe isn't the same competition but you can say the Big 12's weaker defense say it's a neutral playing field he averaged 6.16 and he had more carries he was comparable in 2017 with 5.6 the only other guys in the ballpark then we're talking about not in the ballpark but over four and a half yards Bijan's at 6.1 mind you if you round up yeah mm. Ty Johnson at Maryland on 110 carries in 2016 was at 5.26. That same year, 2016, Deontay Foreman's 2,000-yard uh, year, he was at 3.54 wow. to show you where That's you had. Yes, because Deontay was a guy that you we always f- saw fall forward yeah. and was a guy that you sort of based the number on because that was a very good number for that season. Wow. If you look at 2014, when I saw this name, it's probably maybe the most comparable guy in the NFL that I can think of to Bijan because I couldn't think of one. But when I read this name and saw the body type, I was like, Bijan's a little bit bigger. But in 2014 at Toledo, Kareem Hunt was Mm. 4.65 on 205 carries. And that's 4.65. We're talking Bijan almost a full yard and a half ahead. He's at 6.09. 2014. Mm. And that same year, a guy out of Marshall that Devon Johnson, he hung around the league a little bit in some camps. He was at 4.67. And they both had volume over 200 carries, which is what Darrell Henderson had. So Darrell Henderson's the only one that was that's better crazy. than Bijan, 6.16 on 214 in 2018. But when I saw the Kareem Hunt name, I was like, that guy and that skill set is a pretty sim, but Bijan's just a bigger version That's of him because he's time. not a, you know, a six foot two. 15 or a five-star athlete that we're talking about a guy in Le'Veon Bell's body that's being able to be the fast twitch freak athlete that has the moves but also can break the tackles to where more compact and explosive than almost anything we've seen because he's just so much – the idea that Deontay in that dominant year to win a Doak Walker is at 3.54 and you got Bichon up at 6.09 and this isn't even counting his – receiving yards because we talk about yeah, him being touches. one of the, and if you yeah. just look at missed tackles forced you look at overall it was 114 snaps that he had and on his 87 carries it was 29 missed tackles fourth that's 33 percent of his rushes he forced a missed tackle and then he did it the same thing when you look at his receptions 15 receptions four missed tackles forced and you know for context Najee Harris who was as good as it gets last year if you look at college football and volume and production when you combine it all together he averaged 26 percent missed tackles forced Mm. he ended up having 71 on 252 carries he also only was on the field for 274 rush snaps so he got a rush rate of 92 percent of the time he got the funneled usage through him Bijan on the on the field for 114 snaps he only had 87 carries it's only a 76 percent rush rate last week I brought up that Bijan was also the guy the highest percentage of pass blocking snaps amongst Texas running backs which really doesn't make much sense he was at I believe it was 27 when you look around the area all the Texas backs were in the 20s when you go down to what Najee Harris was asked to do I think it was 11 percent I quoted it in the last show I don't have it written down right here and another thing that stood out when you look at Bijan and the way that Najee Harris was used 
at Alabama and the way Bijan was used at Texas, it's on the scheme and the type, the variety of ways that they're run. If you look at Bijan, uh, he was a zone run scheme, 74 of his rushes, gap scheme on 12 of them. Uh, I guess they didn't account for one of his rushes or couldn't distinguish. Najee Harris, though, his rushes were 123 zone run scheme rushes. You had 128 gap schemes. So it was almost a 50-50 split, a lot different giving multiple looks instead of the same type of run looks. Now you would say a guy like Bijan does fit a zone scheme very well too with his ability to identify that one quick cut and get upfield. But the idea that Sark uses his backs in a variety of ways. We may see something that is also going to be just one more thing to occupy the defense's mind pre-snap and identifying yeah. what t- are they going to even come out doing. And that's something that we can talk to Jeff about offensive line and where Texas is going mm-hmm. to go and if those trends will continue at Texas. But it really stood out to me looking at it and seeing how much he was actually more dominant towards a gap scheme than zone scheme at Alabama. Yeah. No, it's interesting. And I – I assume that I mean Kyle Flood and he are going to bring very they, similar yeah. style to Texas as well. Yeah, I would say Tom Herman's just fitting run game, with the personnel Texas has now. It might be more of an adjustment than just inserting it, but it could be identical too. Well, yeah, no, no. I I think the concept you can use the same concept. You can just package it very differently. Yep. And because the Texas, you don't have the same weapons of the same caliber you had at Alabama. The packaging is different. I think. That's why I've I've been the biggest advocate of two back formations, twenty and twenty one personnel, two backs, one tight end, a two backs, zero tight ends with three wide receivers. I think you got to get some of your really good running backs out there, whether it be putting Jordan Whittington in that role at time as a flex, or whether it be Keelan Robinson now or Rojo in there as a more traditional back, but. That's a different discussion. And one other thing I didn't mention, but this stat blew me away when looking at Bijan. When you go and look at fifteen plus rushes, just mm-hmm. rushes where he gained fifteen plus yeah. yards, Bijan had thirteen for four fifty four. So we're talking about only fourteen point nine four percent of his rushes was those thirteen, which accounted for sixty four point three percent of his yards gained, which wow. showed that just give Bijan the ball one time more or two times more. It will make the difference. And you'll get – because the idea that yeah. you can get 65% or 64% of your yards – on just 15% of those carries shows how much like the range of outcomes is something people will look at a average and you don't there's a big difference between a mean and a median mm-hmm. and it's all dependent upon the range of outcomes and yards per rush is going to be that mean you look at but some guys get there the plotting way where you go and fall forward sort of like Deontay Foreman did mm-hmm. and get six every time yep. seven every time yeah. and then some of them are the Bijan guys that get 40 and his you know break standard it. deviation is so much further off on a per rush thing and I'll break down Bijan that I haven't even thought to do his standard deviation but I bet it's astronomical because he's that guy that gives you the 40 the zero the 40 the zero and then the zero and a few others and if he can become those six apiece and then you just burst off a big one he becomes that 2,000 yard guy some guys move the chain some guys change the there game you go. and he is eight game changer all right before we get out of here i'll let you know exactly who the rest of the guys were who made the teams just spencer rattler was the quarterback Brees hall running back Bijan robinson running back jeremiah hall makes it as a fullback the big 12 still has a fullback on their big 12 team <laughs> which is no so sense. weird i know at least uh, make it a tight end fullback or something. exactly they get a, a flex position uh the wide receivers are xavier hutchinson from iowa state marvin mims from oklahoma eric uh uh azu kanma from yeah. texas tech um texas 
uh, sorry, tight end Charlie Kohler from Iowa State. Um, the offensive lineman are Trevor Downing from Iowa State, Colin Newell from Iowa State. Iowa State's returning all their offensive linemen. Um, Marquise Hayes from Oklahoma and Wanye Morris from Oklahoma, along with Josh Seals from Oklahoma State and Dawson Deaton from Texas Tech. Place kicker is Gabe uh, Birick. Burkich. 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 I'm not sure it's the guy. No, you're from right. Oklahoma. It's Burkich. You're right. It's Burkich from Oklahoma. Um, and Phillip Brooks, the kick returner, punt returner. Defense, Will McDonald from Iowa State um, on the defensive line, along with uh, Isaiah Thomas from Oklahoma and Perrion Winfrey from Oklahoma. I forgot about Winfrey on the defensive line, too. So you're talking about Isaiah Thomas, Winfrey, um, Jalen Redman on the D-line, and you consider Nick Benito a DN. All those guys are getting a lot of national love. That's their D-line. That's why that defense is going to be really good. Um, oh, <laughs> hope it's Ocean. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Oshan Mathis from TCU, Dante Steelson, West Virginia, D line, D uh, linebackers Terrell Bernard uh, of Baylor, Mike Rose of Iowa State, Nick Benito of Oklahoma, and we went through the DBs already. The punter is Austin McNamara on the list. There you go. That's your media selection for the preseason All Big Twelve team. All right, did we miss anything? I think we got it all, man. You got it all in there? All right. I know that was an extended version, but it was good conversation. So. Yes. Matt, appreciate your efforts as always, brother. Thank oh, man. you. I love it. Love everything that we get to do in here once a week. It's fun to do and bring out to the people. It is fun, and uh, without Matt Butler, it wouldn't be happening. He is the real MVP and the uh, the estimable analytical mind well thank you for Matt that Butler. but also if you were not here it would suck as well it would not be nearly as good so <laughs> symbiotic it, it's, brother. everybody's got to be there to it's make symbi- it work everybody's got to do their damn you job change and one chemistry and it goes a lot different that is very true change uh, that compound speaking of uh our uh the other element added to our chemistry my man jeff how will be back next week so uh you can um reach out to him and cyberstalk him if you would like to all right um Next time, we'll be jumping into actually more Big 12 Media Days discussion because that will be the post-Big 12 Media Days discussion. I know Jeff Howe is going to Big 12 Media Days, uh, so a lot of discussion about uh, what happened and the goings-on from there. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, Matt. Uh, thank you, brother, for your time. also want to thank the good folks here at ARN, the Austin Radio Network. Thank the good folks at Horns 24-7 for all the love. And most importantly, I want to thank you guys for listening. We love you guys. Join us next week. Peace. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 